Hey guys, welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit podcast. I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, and joined with me today is a, a guy I very briefly got to speak to, uh, oh God, how long ago was that? It was the beginning of March, actually. Beginning of March, yeah. It seems like, seems like forever ago. Dave Cortine, thank you for joining me. Um, last time we were talking was the W60 World Tour. The World Tour. Yeah, it's a World Tour tennis. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. We... Um, Love listening to the to the Shrewsbury Biscuit, so it's um, oh, it's great to, to be here in the studio and chatting to you. You know what? Um, your email, uh, your email. You sent me an email a while ago saying that uh, you've been enjoying the show and it's been a good link for you to find out what's going on. That really cheered me up. You know, good. You 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 see things sometimes that just oh, makes it all worth it. You know. So thanks. For well, that. no, I think it's important for you to realise. I think it is. Um, you know, we. We live in Suffolk, um, and that's where I'm based. But but I'm up in Shrewsbury for sort of two or three days a week um, under normal circumstances. So, actually, since lockdown, I've not been back to Shrewsbury for um, for three months. So, so the biscuit was a great way to kind of just feel still connected with the town. It's a beautiful town. Always enjoy coming up yeah. here. All my family do. I love this place. It's great. I mean, I've had a. Lot, it's been, it was really nice at the weekend. I took my little boy out to the quarry. And it was just just teams of people all in the field and stuff, which is great. But I want my, I, he had his little scooter, and we had a walk into town, and the town square was just empty. And he mm. could zip up and down on his scooter, and you know we get to got to have a look at the you know show him the buildings. I was explaining to a few things. It was just like an, a good opportunity to see the town just empty, and that's that sounds like a a positive out of a negative, right? But it was yeah. just it was just nice to see. Um, so. Uh, with everything that's been going on with COVID nineteen, I guess it's really affected you guys at Mosaic, like with all the, the clubs and everything closing. It was yeah. So we we run health clubs and and day spas. We've got twenty six around the country, and the biggest one that we operate is actually here. The Shrewsbury Club is our is our biggest club. Um, we employ four hundred and fifty staff, and um, yeah, I mean, basically, when Boris stood up on the twentieth of March and said we needed to close at ten o'clock that night. Um, we went from being a ten million pound turnover business to a zero turnover business in in the space of his statement. So it's been challenging. Four hundred and forty six of the staff have been furloughed, and you know, in many respects, we're grateful for the government and the scheme that they've put in place because you know it would have been horrendous without the furlough scheme. The furlough scheme has enabled us to sort of just survive, but we've got zero income. We've still got costs that we've got to meet, and we've been we've been shut now for for over three months. So it's been. It's been challenging, but we think we've got enough um, reserves in place that we'll we'll come back and and you know we're hoping that that's going to be sooner rather than later. We're still waiting for an announcement. There's hints that it might be next month, but um, but no, it's been really challenging to try and keep. I think you know the teams motivated to keep everybody sort of focused and and upbeat in what's been you know incredibly challenging times for everyone. Yeah, I mean like. The furlough scheme is great for for people that are employed, but I mean, what about the top dogs, the the, the investors, the the people that run the place? Is there any help for them, for you guys? Well, I mean, so there's a coronavirus business interruption scheme, loan schemes, and there are there are things that you can put into the business. Um, you know, we we took a decision. We've always tried to with our business that I think you know if you're in a position of leadership, you've got to try and lead by example. So um, I was one of the four people that's kept working, but I've reduced my salary to simply take the same as what I would do as if I was on furlough. So so I'm, I'm kind of in the same position as everyone else in our organisation. Mm. Um, 
I think, yeah, the, 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 the interruption loan schemes we've finally been able to get through, I think there's been some challenges in terms of accessing them. I mean, we're lucky in that we own our property, that, 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 that we actually own, operate direct. So it's the Shrewsbury Club and we also run Homer Park, which is a health club and day spa just down the road in Hereford. So those are our two facilities that we, that we own and therefore we don't have to worry about rent. So, you know, rent has been a real issue yeah. for so many people because landlords are still wanting their money. So even though you've got no money coming in, you've still got quite, quite a good money coming out. We've, we've been able to pretty much get our costs down, not, not to zero, but, but around 20,000 a month, which, which for each business, which actually, you know, means that we can, we can survive with the loan schemes that we've got in place. And one of the things that we're going to be doing with, with, with that money that we've got in through the loan scheme is actually reinvesting it back into the club to create an out at Shrewsbury. We're going to create a, what will be a really exciting outdoor um, exercise area, which I think will be great when we're back to normal, never mind under the current sort of social distancing restrictions, but it'll be particularly helpful uh, right now. And we're also going to extend the gym so that the gym floor space is, is bigger, which again will allow us to social for people to yeah. spread out and social distance. So, you know, we've got to get those built and that's going to take 10 to 12 weeks. But but at least we've been able to to get this money in from government and hopefully it will reassure a lot more of our members that it's a safe place to come back to because there's more space and we're able to comply with social distancing. So, so I think, you know, in fairness, there have been a number of things put in place, but it yeah, when you've got zero income, it's just incredibly challenging, obviously, to yeah. just to just survive because you can't get rid of all your costs. You can get rid of a lot of them, but you can't get rid of all of them. So, um, so yeah, it's quite painful, and we just need to get back and open. But obviously, it can, it's got to be safe to be able to to reopen. Oh, absolutely. That's I mean, like I was going to say, like all this time. Um, you know, away from work, but I guess you've had lots of time to plan. And this is where all these great ideas have come from, I guess. Yeah, you'd be surprised, actually. I mean, to be honest with you, it's just, I've been really busy. It's just, it, and I keep, it's one of my sort of throwaway comments to people. I've got, I've got no staff, I've got no members, and I've got no business, but I'm still incredibly busy trying to keep it going. Mm. So it, it has been tough. We've done a weekly call with all our managers, so, so there's been preparation for that, making sure we're giving them all the information. We've done a lot of things. We've done a lockdown Olympics um, online games for all of our staff to kind of play and, and join in with so there's been some some work to do around that um, and and there has just been the whole you know logistical planning of what we need to do for from a cost control perspective initially and we sort of had this particular sort of game plan to survive if you like so first of all we had to focus on finance so the number one thing that we needed to do was just control our finances and make sure that we we limited the amount of things that we were spending out controlled the cash that we had in our business so that we could survive second priority was staffing because that that you know that's the people that we need to reopen so we've done a huge amount of of communicating with staff of providing them with some ongoing training whilst we whilst we're closed etc Third thing is our members and our spa guests and how we communicate to them. So again, we've been regularly writing to our members. We've been providing online classes. We've been um, we've been doing some stuff on social media and videos, and we've done the health club podcast, at home and the, all that the, sort the, of the stuff. Podcasting that you guys are doing, the Shrewsbury Club, that was quite cool. I really yeah, like the live the live, um, the live stream. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. some live quizzes and we. Um, We've done some classes live and we've just done live chats because, you know, the great thing about, about any health club, but particularly about the Shrewsbury Club, I don't know why there's something special about the Shrewsbury Club. It's just a great place for 
you know, it's the social atmosphere that makes the Shrewsbury Club quite unique and, and the, the banter between members and between staff and members and, and, and just the, the friendly atmosphere. There, there is something special. I felt that when I first went there, when we, when we first got involved with it, and, and we've tried to really enhance that and work with that since we've been there. So, um, you know, that's something that, that in lockdown we've really tried to work hard at. So, yeah, we've been doing some live streaming stuff and, and, and so on to keep people in contact. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been looking at your website, the Mosaic web, website, and just the frequently asked questions thing made me smile because like, uh, I've got a membership. What do I do? It's like well, we're not going to take any payments. We're not. We're not silly. You yeah. guys have seen the the bigger picture. Look after your members. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was the first thing that we did was we wrote to every member and said, "Look, we shut, so we're not going to we're not going to charge you anything. So um, your mm-hmm. membership's frozen until until we come back." And so yeah, it's been it's been a busy time actually. Just just a lot of things to do to keep the online content going and and to work out. Um, I know I'm fortunate enough through a trade association called UK Active to have sort of been involved in advising government and and working with government on some of the procedures and protocols that that are going to be put in place so that we can safely. Um, Reopen, so I've been been quite involved with that, and hopefully that that will come out and be announced um, soon, so that we're actually knowing exactly what the what we need to do to have in place to maintain both the staff safety and the and the member safety going forward. But um, I, I imagine it's uh, the you know the <laughs> I know a few fitness freaks out there. Some some of my friends are really fit and active, and if they were told you know if they're told they can't go to the gym, uh, bank holiday or something is closed, they, they go nuts, you know. So it must be driving a lot of people crazy. And Shrewsbury's a healthy town. I mean, yeah, you're constantly seeing people running, cycling, and so like with it, not being able to get to the gym must be driving a few people nuts. So I imagine. Yeah, and I think that's why. I mean, we've had incredible the first the first online class that we put on at 874 people um, watching it when we put it on live on Facebook. I mean, it was just it, we just couldn't believe the number of people that were that were on there. So. Yeah, I mean, it becomes a way of life, doesn't it? The health club is is part of your weekly routine. It's part of of what you do, and like many things, it's it's gone, and people are missing are missing it. So, um, so it'd be great to get back and open. I mean, a lot of people during lockdown have gone into self maintenance mode, and they've got they have. I've seen a lot of people just really work at getting fit. I've done the complete opposite. I go into hibernation mode, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Rose, thank you for joining us on the show. Um, yep. How has it been uh, for you during lockdown? Have you have you been off school? Yeah, so I've been off school, and we've had um, all of our schoolwork put online on Microsoft Teams. How's that? How's that been for you working from home? Is it difficult? Um, it started. It started off quite difficult because me and my sister had to work in the same room, which <laughs> would cause some arguments. But then um, I then got moved to the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, overall, it's been it's been a different experience, and I've definitely learned a lot about how much. Um, I've definitely learned a lot about how I can actually work quite independently, and the nice. teachers have given us a lot of support and they will always like that you can message them in like a two-hour slot with the lesson and yeah it's been really good and I think that's really important isn't it is like I mean I know the social aspect has gone it, to a degree um but like the older kids that are out there are learning to write emails to to correspond with them to people with themselves and like you said about independence and getting that work done motivating yourself it's, it's actually quite a good yeah, I mean, we've talked about that as a as a family. I mean, we think that that actually there are there are some real downsides, obviously, and not having the teacher time is yeah. a real is a real challenge. Um, 
particularly for a lot of kids. I mean, Rose is, is, is pretty good in terms of being self-motivated to get to get on, but I think some of the other kids, and certainly her sisters, probably found that a bit more challenging. But actually, um, it is good because it's, it's, it's learning, it's helping them to learn more of the way that they've got to learn when they get older, when they go to university. The style of which they're, they're learning now is, is more similar to how you have to learn when you're at university. You don't rely so much on teachers and lecturers at university. It is more down, down to you. And it's been great, actually, man. Rosie's sister Minnie is over over the over the time has got more and more used to it, and and she's mm. she's she's really learned. It's really it's really brought on and helped her to learn a different way of learning, um, if that if that makes sense. So um, so yeah, I think there are some skills to learn. And what I can't get used to as so so I, I, if I when I was at school etc, I'd be ringing up my mates, I'd have a quick conversation with my mates, and then put the phone down, and that would be it because you know so old that there wasn't even mobile phones then but <laughs> but rose has a friend either and and they're just on kind of like facetime and just kind of doing their work and, and i'll go into the dining room and not realize that eva's kind of there and just kind of uh, just, <laughs> just <laughs> the same yeah exactly so, so, so that's, uh, that seems to be the way they are so there's a bit of connection because they kind of they can do do stuff together over facetime etc so. i think it's great and i um, i interviewed someone for another show i do um last week dr joanna dodd massey and right. she's um She's uh, works in, works in the cor- Hollywood co- corporate world, but she's a, a major in psychology, and she looks. She's written a book about generations and how generations uh, can communicate with each other and actually work together rather than bash it, bash against each other. And I feel yeah. like there's always something that happens in uh, the younger g- side of a generation that will go on to affect the way they they live. I mean, like for example, um, some of the younger millennials, or I guess uh, Gen Z, would have seen like nine eleven or the recession, and it would have yeah. taught them to be a bit more resourceful and things like that. So I do wonder about, about this about this whether that's going to make you and your you know your people in your generation go on and be a bit more independent and mm. more wa- wary about social distancing and hygiene and things like that. It's what I think it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, absolutely so what what, yeah. have, what have you learned from this being around being around the kids uh, whilst working and having to juggle things at the same time being at home have you learned a lot yeah so pre-covid my my life was basically during the week was an awful lot of time on the road um traveling um staying away was staying in shrewsbury uh, one or two nights a week and so so family time was mainly limited to the to the weekends and i think the biggest thing for me has been that every night we've been able to sit down as a family and have have dinner together and that's that's been if there's you know if there's one positive to come out of of covid then then for me that would be it um i think i've learned that it's really important the root routine is actually really important so i struggled really early on um to kind of a get myself into kind of how is this whole thing going to work and, and rose alluded to the fact yeah as a family we sort of struggle we 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 had to we had our different locations where all four of us were working and it wasn't quite working for any of us so we've now come up with a bit of a structure so it's me and millie uh, are in the are in the music room rose in the dining room and, and miranda my wife is uh, is in the is in the sitting room so we've kind of we've all got our little areas and that's that's kind of worked and just getting a routine of getting up early walking the dog having a shower sitting down at my desk of sort of half eight i've got into that routine and that's really important having a routine yeah. and a structure to to what's very different has been really important to me so i think i've learned about the importance of structure i've learned about the importance of of well i knew this anyway but 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 actually i've, I've enjoyed the benefits of, of family time and us being able to have meals together and 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 that sort of thing so um so that's what's come out of it and i think probably there are there are a few things that i'll do 
I'll, I'll do my best to do differently going forward when we can get back to a more original, normal lifestyle that we had pre-COVID. Yeah, I think it's going to affect a lot of things. Uh, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get rid of those 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 old normalities. Though I mean, um, I've spoken about it a few times. Is that I was with I was with Max, who's a member of, of Team Biscuit. Uh, we were in town and we, we covered the Black Lives Matter stuff and. As I went to say goodbye, I went to give him a hearty high five, and he was like, "Whoa!" And I, I just felt so awkward. But it was like it was just so ingrained into me to, to do that. I'm I'm a, I'm a hearty handshake guy, you know, uh, or a, you know, a hug to the close friends, and you just can't do that anymore. There's things you got to you got to rewire yourself. It's difficult. Yeah, and I think over time that will change. Won't I think we will go back to that because we do crave crave touch, and I think you know on a very very basic level, you know, that's why I think our our spas we're, we're seeing in spas that have reopened in other countries that can reopen ahead of us in the in the covid curve that that spas have been really busy because i think people do do crave touch and 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 a massage is obviously that's that's part of that experience and um and i think that's what people have found really really challenging so so i think ultimately it's gonna it's gonna teach us a lot more about about hygiene and and it's gonna teach us a lot more about what we need to do to to ensure that we live live healthily but um but yeah i, I kind of think you know you'll you'll be high-fiving me before too long hopefully. <laughs> <Yo>! <laughs> um let's talk a bit about mosaic because i i think you've got a, you guys got a fascinating story i love i've been reading about it this morning touching up and stuff um where did it all begin for you guys because it sounds like you've had a, an up and down journey with it it's been turbulent yeah yeah you know, i think i think so so um yeah, it's been interesting. So I set I set the business up thirty three years ago when I left uni with a with a mate who um, who I'd been at uni with, and and the two of us set this business up. Um, we just decided that hotels would want um, that had health clubs but didn't know how to operate them would want someone to sort of operate them for them. That was our principle basically to go in and operate some some health clubs uh, in hotels. And so we started that business thirty three years ago. We set some golden rules. We we're never going to borrow any money from the bank. Our friendship was more important than the business. So if we if we um, if it was going to impact upon our friendship, then the business would go rather than anything else. Nice. Um, and and we would do it until we stopped having fun. And we, we you know that was really important that we if we were going to set in business together, we wanted to have fun doing it. So and and I'm pleased to say, I mean the the bank thing went a bit out the window as the business went into different shapes. <laughs> but the other two, you know, Steve Taylor, who I set the business up, is still still my closest, my my best friend. And um, yeah, not not every. Day, but we do still have some fun but in that process yeah we you know we crack it's been a long journey so we, we had it for 14 years we sold out to a plc we became part of a plc we we bought it back we got some some investors on board we bought them back out we got a venture capital trust on board um and we've just bought them back out so so we've kind of gone through a number of sort of structures as we've tried to control the business but it started with three of us and one site and um we're now twenty five sites and and four hundred and fifty staff. So it's been yeah, it's been a it's been a fun a fun journey. A lot of respect there, and absolutely, lot. I love people that have gone on and just made made what you know with their bare hands made something. That's an inspiration. Um, what, I mean, what's the market like for for health clubs and spas and things? Is it something that fluctuates or is it something that's quite steady? You know, because you've made so many changes to your model and things like that. You know. Yeah, I mean, we we so the the main model that we do is we operate health clubs and and day spas in hotels. We started just in health clubs. So the first big change was incorporating spas, which have become a big part of the hotel offering now. So that's that's a big part of it. Um, 
so that that's one change i think i think though what i've learned we've been through three recessions now whilst we've been in business is that you know in a recession people want to be able to look after themselves they actually see that as being a really important you know i need to crack a conifer to be in a recession i need to be i need to be fit and fit and healthy so so a health club and a spa usage and membership has has remains pretty consistent in difficult financial times so we, we've not been challenged by by that as such the industry's gone through a number of different models and we've kind of always focused on just being really friendly that's that's the that's the thing we can't control the facilities we operate because those facilities are owned in the majority of cases not in Shrewsbury but in the majority of cases by by the people by the hotels but what we can control is how friendly everybody is and so um so we've worked really hard with our staff on on the way that we that we train them to to provide great customer service but and create a friendly atmosphere that's been the thing that's tried to be our our point of difference i think i have to say you know what's happened now is the probably the biggest threat to to the health club industry and to the spa industry certainly in the 33 years that we've been in it because there is this whole element of of social distancing and you know, people are concerned about whether health clubs are a safe environment, and actually, you know, they are. I mean, uh, we've got a friend. I've got a friend who um, who runs two big hospitals in in East Anglia. Uh, he's the chief executive officer of two two hospitals. I was talking to him about reopening, and he's a member of a David Lloyd club um, near where we live in Suffolk. And he and his actual quote to me was, he said, "I couldn't believe the cleaning protocols that the gym had in place before before he said it was shut down." He said, "To be honest with you, I'd have done surgery on that in that gym because it was so <laughs> it was so clean. We'd have, we'd have done some minor surgery." So, so I think you know, COVID can't be caught through sweat. That's one of the one of the things that the the, the sort of the myths is out there, and 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 it, and the risk is around touch points and around um, putting your hands and nose to your to your to your mouth to trans to transmit the the virus to you so you know uh, there's no more risk of getting coronavirus in a gym than there is in a shop or a restaurant or any other enclosed space and and we just need to focus on on making sure we've got we've got the cleaning protocols in place but having said that you know 50 percent of our members across all our 25 sites are over the age of 50 that's yeah. the age group that's particularly affected and people understandably are scared by this thing because even the scientists are saying I don't know. We don't understand this virus. We don't. We don't know anything about it. So, understandably, this is without doubt going to be a real threat to to us as an industry. And it will be interesting to see when we are allowed to reopen. You know, I think some of our hotels will probably choose not to reopen. And I think you know, we we will. This is going to be the biggest threat that we've had to ours ourselves as an industry and us as a business. In the 33 years, so so we we're not underestimating how much hard work we've got to put in now going forwards when we can reopen to to make sure that we can do that. And all we can do is just just put the message out there and reassure people that we're doing everything we can to minimise the risk. It's leaving people to their own devices, and and some like you said, some people are scared. So tourist attractions, shops, charity shops, even I mean charity shops are. Are usually buzzing with older, more vulnerable people. Yeah, that's going to change. You know, there's certain parts of the uh, of many industries that's going to be affected after COVID COVID nineteen. You know, because of the fear more mainly. Um, so you know, this 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 outdoor. Let's talk about the out the outdoor work workout space. You yeah, got at the Shrewsbury Club. What's going on there? What's yeah, that? well, so there's a there's a great company that we found that's Shropshire based called called Beaverfit. And they basically do a lot of work for the military, but they create um, and convert, sorry, uh, 
shipping containers into effectively small, tiny gyms, with, with, which would be sort of like your you know, your battle style, your your boot camp style gyms. Right. So the ropes, pulleys, the boxing gloves, the, those types of things. And um, and they um, so they they create they basically convert these con- these containers and then they, they go and put them in various different locations. So we've come up with the idea we're going to create the the base as we're going to call it, which will be an outdoor area. So we simply put down a hard hardcore. Uh, ground areas where we've got some space outside we're gonna we're gonna put some proper gym flooring over the top of that then we sit these two containers we're gonna have two containers and then um they put a canopy between the two containers so we're gonna have a a a 12 meter canopy um between the two containers there'll be as i say the various different brackets and ropes and pulleys hanging off the containers and then we can do a whole raft of different outdoor classes ranging from our mummy fit classes which we already do outside anywhere where, where you you know, new mums can can exercise with their with their babies in the push chairs, etc. Um, and through to sort of the more boot camp camp type stuff. And we're going to do some kids activity out there as well because I think that that would be great. So, and the, and and obviously, um, still the risk because there's touch points and touch points is where we would pass this virus on. But um, but you are outdoors, and and without a doubt, I mean, being outdoors, you're less likely to catch this thing than when you're than when you're indoors because you're just able to space out a bit more. So that's well, that's what we're um, we've ordered them up, and they they're hopefully within the next um, four to six weeks. It doesn't take long. It's just a couple of shipping containers that they convert. So so yeah, within the next um, six weeks, we're going to have a great outdoor exercise space which we can which we can run a number of our classes. And this time of year. Hopefully, I mean this morning's not looking too great, but um, <laughs> but uh, but hopefully, but that's why we've got the canopy because at least you'll be on, you'll be you'll be protected from some the people, worst of the weather. Some people thrive for stuff like this. So some people like the rain, <laughs> don't they? I mean, some people like to torture themselves. Um, I love getting inside the mind of, of people like like yourself and, and Joel on, on yesterday's show um, that uh, that they can just adapt like that. You know, it's so positive, moving forward, moving forward. Because there's some people. A bit like me in like day two of lockdown. What am I going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a business. I just wanted to keep it running, you know. Um, and, and like, you know, th- there's that ad- adapting to change. It's it's just so inspiring to see. What would you say to? I mean, everybody's got their own personal um, uh, issues and and, and what, but to independent business owners that are panicking right now. Would you have you got any like advice to give them? Um, I just think it's. Um what you have to do you can't you can't do anything i mean one of the things that i that i sort of said at the start i suppose is that is that you know i'm going to worry about the things that i can influence but i'm not going to worry about the things that i can't so people are talking now about you know will there be will there be a second spike and will you know will this thing come back again in over the winter or uh, or even sooner um and i don't know and actually, there's very little that I can do to, you know, either it will or it won't. So there's no point worrying about that. Actually, I think, you know, the things we've got to worry about is the things that we can influence. So, yeah, I mean, this this idea has, has come from the team at the club. I mean, it was, they, they they alerted me to it. And, and it's it's like, yeah, actually, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's find a way of funding it. Let's find a way of doing it because it makes sense on a number of levels. So I think... It's fine to have worries. I mean, I'm concerned about my business. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. But but what I'm going to try and focus my attention and effort and time on is is things that I can do to give us the best possible chance of, of success. And 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 that's all I think that you can do. And and um, the things that we can't control or or um, or influence just have to allow. 
to kind of just see what happens. It's, it's, it's more important. Just, just focus on the things that you can make a difference with and then go and make as much of a difference as you possibly can. That's what I would try. It seems like planning ahead is like one of the most important things. You know, I've heard a lot of, you know, uh, we look at the next 18 months and contingent, contingencies say that things relax and it gets back again. We can always go back to what we were doing before and when we first adapted, you know, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think um, I think what what you guys are doing is fantastic because, like I said, there's a lot of people that have just surrendered. No, that's that's really unfair. There's a lot of people that haven't been able to help the situation, uh, yeah. and, it's, and it's punished them. You know, it's, it's quite. It's quite and I think some businesses, you know, I mean, as I said said at the start, you know, we're incredibly fortunate that we own the freehold of the Shrewsbury Club because if we were paying rent on the Shrewsbury Club, you know, that would be we would be in a really difficult um, position. So. You know, yeah, I think some businesses, for whatever reason, just just were not in a position to be able to survive this, and therefore it's you just hope the people that are behind them can can come back and bounce back in a in a different in a different format. Hopefully, um, well, we are going to be we are going to be reopening in the same format as we were before, but but just trying to adapt to the to the situation. But yeah, yeah it's, a, it's it's this is this has been this has been tough and and uh, tough on a number of businesses. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I wish you luck with that. You know, I hope Thank everything you. gets back to back to normal. Uh, well, it is normal. Uh, <laughs> a new normal. The, the new normal. A That's new what normal. everybody's talking. Now, Rose, let's talk a bit about you. Uh, yeah. Because um, we brought you on here today because you've got your own podcast. Yes. I love talking to other podcasters. Talk a bit about your podcast. What is it? What do you do? Um, so it's called Talking Teenage Life. Yeah. And um, I started it last year, the beginning of last year. Um, so I turned 13 um, two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I just, I then um, decided I wanted to become like, go into broadcasting or um, become like a DJ on radio. Nice. Um, when for my, that would be my dream job. And I then spoke to my dad about it and then he said, well, you should start a podcast. So I then decided to start a podcast and I would talk to adults about their teenage years and then what they've learned and what they've done since then and then how I can then live like the best teenage years possible because it's such a it's quite a big part of your life that might have a lot of influence on what you do next that's a really interesting concept I really like that because because we were just talking about the the, the generational gap and like um, there's a lot of youngsters that are like oh you know you hear okay boomer a lot you know all all these kind of things and it's nice to see you trying to bridge that gap because uh, like we're saying a lot of different things happen to a lot of uh, generations during their teens and you're trying to investigate that yeah and what have you found out have you most Um, common things that you, you come across so lots of people just say like just enjoy yourself and like just do whatever you enjoy and um some of the others have been like just be friends with everyone make good contacts with everyone um just trying to think of some don't, don't. I, th- I think it's been interesting isn't it because what what's what's amazing with it is that when you because you feel like as a teenager I remember, I remember feeling it's so agonizing for ages over what course and, and stuff I was going to do and you feel like your teenage years are going to influence so much. You choose what university courses, you know, you move away from home probably for the first time. There's so many things that happen when you're a teenager. But I think the things that's come out from the people that you've interviewed is that 
all of them have gone on to do something that's really quite unrelated to the... To what they decided to do or what they wanted to do when they were a teenager, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I wish I wish I knew that I wanted to do what I'm doing now with the podcast and stuff <laughs> when I was your age because, I don't know, I could have been the new Chris Moyles, you know? <laughs> I, was, you know I was in my 30s and I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, I was in late 20s, I was kind of like, let's do this. And now it's, uh, I mean, it's going you, well. You've got the beard and the, and the cap, so you're kind yeah. of like Shrewsbury's Chris Moyles, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a compl- Chris Moyles is actually an inspiration. Like, he's one of my inspirations because he's. I always used to listen to his show when I was younger, and he was just so Chris Moyles. He was just him. Like, mm-hmm. and apart from the fact that he drives his own desk, he makes his own content, he says and does what he likes, in, you know, in a respectful way. Um, I really. I really felt a good energy about the stuff he used to do. So that's that. That is a lot of my influence, especially with my my other shows, which were a bit more adult themed. You know, right. I, yeah. I can kind of just be myself, and I really I think that's great. So what I'm going to do, Rose, is I'm going to run you through something I call the gauntlet. Yeah. And, um, I do this to all the podcasters. I, I interview podcasters from all around the world on my other show, um, and I've made a, a very special version for you because it's usually adult themed, but we've got uh, we've got um, something that's more appropriate for yourself. There are three rounds, um, yep. one of which your dad's going to have to help with. Um, <clears throat> the first round is the inanimate object round. I'm going to give you a minute to talk about an object. You, for for a, minute, a minute flat, you've just got to talk and talk and talk. Okay. Then there is a, a speed round where we've got 10 questions you've got to ask as quick as possible. Yep. And then there are 10, 10 pictures I've sent to you on your yep. phone that you have to explain to your dad without explaining what it is, telling him what, <laughs> what it is. And you've got to see how many you can get, okay? Okay. Okay, so um, I've got a stopwatch. Come on, where is my stopwatch? Um, da, 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 da. what we what we were planning to do with this was uh, podcast we, we're going to call it pod stars and get people uh, podcasters from around the world and get them to get our listeners to score them and then at the end of the year have a pod stars champion but uh, <laughs> trying to get uh, people to interact with a podcast at the moment is like it's like is that trying to i don't know it's, it's, it's impossible it seems impossible at the moment but, um okay da, 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 da. let's get a minute on the clock Okay, your inanimate object to talk about for an hour is... For an hour? For an hour, okay. sorry. <laughs> a minute is this. On your marks, you set, go. Okay, so um, you, it's a rubber duck. You can put it in the bath. It's yellow. Um, it's, a, it's a creation of an animal that lives in water. We see them in your ponds. Um, they, it has an orange beak. Yellow body has some wings. Um, you can get lots of different ones. You can get like ones dressed up as people with jobs. Um, you can get Christmas ones. Um, you can the fur of the tail. Any more? Is that it? And that's it. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> That's not that's not too bad. It, it's a really difficult thing to do. And I used to when I was younger, I was in the cadets, uh, and I used to teach cadets how to teach. You know, and I'd say talk about this pencil for an, a minute, and you'd stand them up in front of people, and you make them do it. And it's it, it's one of the most difficult things to do. But it's, the uh, the turning point for that was it's uh, made of an animal you see in your ponds, and that's where you you switch it, and you can add on yeah. to it. That's really good. Well done. Um, well done. Uh, now my the speed round. Ten questions again. A minute on the clock. Don't know. We're gonna have to take a full minute, but uh, uh, on your marks. Ooh, what's going on here? Get set. Go. Your first memory of a pet. Um, a cat. 
and my cat um, biting, no, scratching my sister. Uh, your favourite movie category? Rom-com. Rom-com. Uh, your favourite cartoon character? Probably um, Tom or Jerry. Yeah. Um, and your favourite thing to eat, what's your favourite food? Um, fajitas and falafel. <laughs> <laughs> one, one unpopular opinion? Um... Should we come back to that one? Yeah, that's that one. Uh, your favourite Christmas memory? Um, sitting around, opening our presents and chatting. Uh, PlayStation, Xbox or Nintendo? Nintendo. Nintendo. Favourite podcast that isn't your own? Um, the KT Piper's Inspirational People one. Nice. And one guilty pleasure? Oh. <laughs> she gets away with that. I was interested to see what she was going to say with that one. Yeah, the guilty pleasure. Uh, mine's nickel, Nickelback, by the way. Uh, okay, uh, that's good. Uh, on to the last round now is the, the pictures that I sent you. Yep. Okay, um, I'm going to get uh, get them up on my as well so I know what I'm looking at. Um, you've got to explain to your dad what these pictures are in any order. Okay. Um, and we've got to see how many you can get. We'll, we'll do two minutes on the clock for this one because it takes a bit longer. If you can beat two minutes, I'll be super, super impressed. <laughs> okay, on your marks, get set, go. Um, the actor who played Smithy and Gavin and Stacey. James Corden. Yep. Um, one of the apps that Millie wants for her birthday. Oof, there's so many. Uh, Instagram. The other one. Uh, Snapchat. The other one. <laughs> uh, Facebook, Twitter. Like a clock. WhatsApp? No, like, what, second hand, what does that do? TikTok. Yes. <laughs> um, he had uh, six wives. Henry VIII? Yes. Nice. Um, you saw him win Wimbledon. Andy Murray? Yeah. Um, a little green man. Little green man? And, uh, um, Alien? From, like, Ireland. Oh, Leprechaun? Yeah. Nice. Um, we bought, like, a souvenir from the Olympics. It's red. Is it? London. You know, we Town. around London. Bus? Yes. Yay. Um, uh, yellow flowers that come out in Daffodil. Yep. Nice. Um... Um, a film that we've never watched as a family. <laughs> there, <laughs> are loads, there, are, there are loads of like different ones of it. Ocean's Eleven. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Star Wars. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, a superhero. Okay. Like um, Batman, yeah, Reservoirs, hey, yeah. Nice. Um, and then Last one at seven seconds. One, um, singer uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> oh wow! Well done. You got nine out of ten. Fantastic. Uh, the last one was uh, who was it? It's Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always got to throw him in there. You know. <laughs> 
there you go. We might have been a while for me to get Justin Bieber. <laughs> well done. I think you did really well. I mean, it's, it is difficult because I think the longer you do something like a podcast or talking, it's it's all about learning conversation. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, I, I got to I got to thirty three and I still haven't mastered it properly yet. You know? um, but yeah, you did really well. So, where can people find your podcast? Um, so you can find it on Spotify and iTunes and all of the usual podcast providers. And also on my website, which is on www.talkingteenagelife.com. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I'd be proud of that. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> well done, Rose. That was fun. That was brilliant. Oh, so this was, this was ace. I really enjoyed talking to it's you. It's been great fun. Yeah. Um, I hope that um, come, obviously, summer's getting on now, but I mean, later on in the year, things pick up for you because I know High Five Tennis have, have opened up again so there's tennis courts open across the country yeah no that's right outdoor, so we've opened our outdoor courts at, at the Shrewsbury Club so just to members and it's free um, because the club's not open itself the club the building's not open and we can start doing coaching as well so just yeah just like the High Five boys we've, we've got coaching going on with them um, uh, five as a maximum in any in any group and we've actually it's been really interesting because one of the things that we found is that we started Tennis Express Tennis Express is a course for people that maybe picked up a racket when they were at school but haven't played for absolutely ages and they want to get That's back me. into it um, as adults and so we thought we'd run one of those just to see if there's any interest but I think because people are struggling for doing any other forms of exercise so we've now got six courses that are all fully booked up of nice. all people that have picked up picked up a racket so so that's been great so yeah we have, the outdoor courts are open and um, and we're able to do that so yeah hopefully we'll get we'll get back and open and of course when we met last time it was to talk about the the ITF world tour and yesterday yeah. they've just announced that they're restarting the the tennis tour from no, that's from, what I was going to ask. It's like yeah. football's back now, so why can't tennis come back? Football's back, obviously. No, which is great um, for those of us that love our sport. No, no spectators, which is all yeah. a bit odd. Um, but but I think so. We're just waiting to hear. Really, we we you know as you know, we have these two world tour events that come to Shrewsbury: the the women's uh, W60 and the men's, uh, which is the M25. Um, the women's was supposed to be in March. That's why we, we got together because you were going to come yeah, and be yeah. you're going to have your your podcast studio um, yeah. remotely at the club and, and kind of talk to some of the tennis stars, which would be great. Um, the men's is due to be in September. And we kind of thought up until yesterday, I just didn't think we had any chance of running that. But maybe now they're starting this because they're starting tennis again from from August. So we need to just wait and hear from the LTA and the ITF as to what their plans are and whether whether we'd be able to do that. For us, it's critical that we can have people watching it. But there's that there's that and the W60 provisionally was rescheduled for, for for soon after that in October. So we'd love to get that back. Obviously, it'd be great for the town. It brings so much so much coverage to the town. It's 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 live streamed and it's on the the BBC website. So yeah, it's yeah. great coverage for 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 promoting Shrewsbury. And um, we we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But we'll be working hard to to do some to do that kind of an event again to bring the profile and prestige to the town but it's got to be done safely and i guess traveling is one of the main things as well you know getting someone from america or from exactly. australia or you know i mean yeah. right now it's just impossible because obviously the quarantine unless they give some special exemptions obviously you're not going to get players coming over here when they've got to go then into quarantine for 14 days so mm. so um yeah we've got we've, we've been we've, the lta have been great they've been they've been talking to us loads they're really keen to try and do something at shrewsbury um if if they possibly can and we just have to keep our fingers crossed and see what happens in over the next couple of months as to whether we can we can bring that back but if we can then hopefully we'll have a chance to meet up again uh, 
and, and kind of get the Shrewsbury podcast involved with that. I'd love that. I'd love that. Whenever I talk about how how um, COVID nineteen affected us on Moors, like the W sixty, man, that was that was our that was our, our you know that was our big our big. We were gonna. Oh, I was really looking forward to that, and we missed out an opportunity as well because one of the players that was coming over to you, and I forget her name, so I do apologise. Uh, my my co-host from my other show, Tom, his wife knew. The, one of the young players in Vermont that was going to come over. Right. Um, so we were going to schedule like an, an interview while she was in America, cover her sort of like her journey and then maybe meet her at the tournament. It was Fantastic. Like behind the scenes. I was kind of like putting this thing together and then obviously it never happened. But that was like, maybe it can happen again. Yeah, um, sure. Was that, because that the, there's a British player that lives over in, in the States. Is that Katie Swan or can you not remember the name? I can't remember the name. I know yeah. she was up in Vermont. Or she, um, it was my... It was his wife, my my part, my uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name. A convoluted, <laughs> yeah, convoluted <laughs> connection. But it's, it's, yeah, those sorts of things are great. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, we do. We literally last year we had somebody that did come over from Australia to play at Shrewsbury, which is just um, it's just amazing, isn't it? So, and actually got through to to win the to win the doubles. So so made the journey worthwhile. But yeah, we were, we literally do do pull people in from all over the world to this event. There, players that are, some of them are in the top 100 in the world. So. It would be fantastic if we could get them, but but I don't, you know, I w- it would worry me to put the event on and then not being able to allow anybody to go and watch because that's the whole purpose behind exactly, it. So, yeah. um, so we need to have a think about what happens with this behind closed doors kind of ruling because I think for us as a club, it would make life incredibly difficult to run an event but not allow anybody to be to be there watching. I mean, so, how, how are you going to pay for it without any gate receipts? You know, this would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the funding of it is is challenging, and we re- we require an awful lot of sponsors to make it. Um, to make it viable and, and so we, we had them all and they're all lined up and some of them have paid so so that's again another reason why we want to make sure that if we do it we do it well so that we can reward those sponsors that have stood by us and, and continue to support us so um, you know not least Budget Motors and, and, and Citroen who are the headline sponsors and who, who put a significant amount of funding into and without their support we wouldn't be able to make it happen so so yeah we need to make sure we're we we honour the sponsors. We we honour the town. We look after our members, um, and we and we do a good job in putting the event on for for the LTA and the ITF. So there's a lot of different interests that we've got to manage. So so yeah, we we're just kind of waiting to see how things unfurl. And um, but if we can put it on, we absolutely will because we've got a great team and we work really closely with Beth and the team at Shropshire Festivals. I know are friends of the of the Biscuit Podcast. Absolutely. And, and, uh, they do an amazing job to help us put on a put on a brilliant event. So um, so we, there's so many people that we need to work with and make sure we make it happen. Well, I hope so too. And you obviously goes without saying you have to support the biscuit you know uh, if you need us we'll be there and um you know uh, we'll definitely want you there i'll definitely want you there that'd <laughs> be great thank you very much um you, have you guys got anything to add did you want to tell people any websites or any anywhere to find you guys anywhere to support any way to support yeah, you guys i think well rose has pushed her talking yeah, yeah. teenage life.co.uk <laughs> <laughs> website so that's, so that's fine so her website's there yeah i mean the shrewsbyclub.co.uk is the website where you can find out about what we're doing we'll we'll as soon as we know what's happening with reopening we'll put information up there and yeah i mean we just love people to come back and and start exercising and um you know we're a very family orientated club children's memberships are um are free so so uh, and we're putting on a lot of kids activities particularly we're, we're looking right now what we can do over the summer because we recognize that kids have been stuck at home for a while so we're going to really really focus on our kids program so um so hopefully people will want to come back in the pool's reopening as well as the as the gym so um so yeah we should should be should be a good place for people to go and burn off all this pent-up energy they've they've accumulated over the last three months 
of calories in my, my <laughs> that's the other one. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And build up your immunity, of course. That's the other thing. I mean, the the best way of um, it can't stop you from getting uh, coronavirus, but uh, but exercise and and um, and being active helps build up your immunity, which means you can you can fight it off that much easier. That's also been scientifically proven over the last couple of months. So that's the other main benefit of of exercising wherever you choose to do it, being active wherever you want to go. But if if you want to come to the Shrewsbury Club, well, we'd love you to to look after you. It's always a, a pleasure talking to you, Dave. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll meet somewhere down the line. You know? Brilliant. Thank you very Thanks much so for joining much. us. Um, listeners, make sure you check out our website, which is uh, uk. All of our audio is available now, although this is a, a very busy week, so I'll try and keep up with it as much as I can. But please just check it out. Uh, tell your friends about us too. Uh, and if you enjoyed the show, uh, you listen to us on iTunes or Spotify, give us a rating. Uh, tell us uh, how you feel about the show. Uh, five stars would be great, but, you know, that's up to you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for joining us and uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace out.